0: It. put down your phone this is the army sort high five casino is a social casino it's on your phone goes wherever you go i win free spins cash prizes free down rewards over 1200 games i want again platoon present cell phone high five high five casino, casino. win at high five casino high five casino is a social casino no purchase necessary void were prohibited play responsibly Conditions apply. see website for details high
1: five casino Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh
3: for everyone. Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bake at a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, welcome to another episode of Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bake. And This time, actually, we have Max Homa on the podcast. Last week, we had a fill-in, Max. I... I gave him an A plus. I thought Joel Damon was unbelievable.
4: Yeah, uh, sorry I couldn't couldn't be with everybody last week, but I thought Joel was awesome. I wouldn't give him an A plus because that means that, you know, that means that he was too good. I'll give him like an A minus. Uh, you know, he did he did great. I don't know what I would critique, but I just have to give him an A minus. That's just ha- what I have to do as someone who's replaced me for a week.
3: Yeah, a lot of Tom Brady talk <laughs> on social media about letting somebody in like that. Uh, did you have anything? specific that you would tell joel maybe like after being such an experienced journalist like yourself now and media member is there anything you would have maybe critiqued him on told him he could have done better he could improve on next time he comes on?
4: Uh, I I am not in a position to critique. Uh, I think that's more your, you know, your avenue considering okay. you're the pro in this area. Um, I can't critique his golf game or his uh, media game because I am hardly a media member and he has been a better golfer as of late. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I thought he was good. Uh, my one biggest uh, kind of, I guess, frustration with him was I could not believe he didn't know the Pasatiempo logo. I'm not a big logo guy, but that's Mike, my all time favorite. So I thought we were a little bit more similar. Um, But yeah, the guy with the sombrero sitting under the palm tree, uh, all time favorite logo. So that was a little disappointing. I mean, you know, he could be a little bit more well read, well versed in the golf uh, logo world. But other than that, he was great. Uh, You know, I honestly was really appreciative that he could get in there. I think it was even better that, um, you know, he would be good any week, but the week you know, or the day right after he uh, you know, contended in a in a major championship and played so so well. I thought that was really cool to even just for me, just to listen to what he was thinking about. Um, and I was really happy he talked about the you get a house, you get a house, you get a house uh story. I thought that was great. <laughs>
3: it was it was awesome. Everybody sent the the video that they had uh that they pulled off the internet. Uh they sent it in on Twitter. And I was I was happy to see every single one of them. I did want to let you know something uh about myself. And this is something I think, you know, but I personally, I've been to Bannon Dunes before. And so when Yay! I was consuming, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been to the golf course. I could tell you a lot about some of the courses and holes. I could, de- I, if you want me to dive deep into like 12 or 15, I could do that for you. But uh, the U S amateur obviously was at Bannon Dunes this weekend and it was on prime time. And it seemed like everybody in the golf world was watching it, but I wanted to make sure you knew that information to start. Because, uh, yeah, I just, you know, you seem like the kind of guy that would appreciate knowing who has been and who hasn't,
4: you know, that's funny you say that because my feel good Friday, uh, was that it was just really exciting to see how excited people who've played Bandon were to talk about Bandon. Like I was really happy for them and it honestly made me laugh. So it was a win-win, um, I have nothing against Bandit, as some people may have said on Twitter. Don't really get how that got started. I thought it was just very funny. It's not, it's actually honestly, like I said, that's why it's my Feel Good Friday. It is a good thing, it is a destination a bucket list golf, uh, golf place. Just like, you know, I think Justin Leonard said 75 times that it's a bu- bucket list golf place. Um, it, <laughs> but it is cool to see how excited people get that they've gotten to be there. And that shows you how important the golf course is. I've never been. So it's just kind of one of those funny, like every time, every time it comes up and I, you know, let's just say, Oh man, I'd love to go there. There's one guy in the room. That's like, Then tells me about all, you know, six golf courses. It's just a lot. So it just makes me laugh. I obviously don't care, guys. It's really cool that everyone could be that excited about playing just like a few golf courses. That's really, really awesome. But this was just like the perfect Twitter week, uh, considering it was on TV and and the biggest amateur event uh, in the world. And you could just see people be like, oh you know there and you did i mean it's just i'm obviously just poking but oh 11 you're dead if you're left on 11 let me tell you i've been there you're dead left on eleven. it's like (laughs) i get it man like i'm you know this could be any week ever we would know that that is probably not the best spot but it was cool for me to actually get to see the golf course because i i think i understood why it had the hype i understood that it was the width and angles and you know the uh the elements and it's firm and you know you know, all that stuff. Uh, But to be able to actually see it, um, I was a little bummed that there were not more golf courses shown. Um, I thought it would have been maybe I guess not the best championship, but really cool viewing experience to actually play a different course every day or close to a different course every day. But man, what an awesome golf course. I get it. I get it now. Um, But man, it was what a what a fun, what a fun time to watch people just be so excited they've been there. That for me. Yeah. For me.
3: <laughs> so so Joel Klatt, friend of the program, made a hole in one a few weeks a few months ago, like maybe two or three months ago. And he texted me, he said, you know, the one thing about making a hole in one, of course I wouldn't know this, is everybody just wants to tell you their hole in one story. So it's always congrats. I personally made a seven-iron from, you know, 165 at X golf course, whatever. Yep. And I felt like a little of the same, you know, it's uh to your point, man, I, th- that guy's dead on 15. It's like, yeah, I remember when I was there, exactly. I was played 15. Exactly. It's like I was kind of dead there as well, you know? And, <laughs> and so I, I do think that conversation, you know, as much as you and I talk about the negativity on social media, especially on Twitter, I did feel like there was this communal sense of people just talking about a place that, for the for the most part i mean most people have been i mean I, I know not everybody's been and i know a lot of people would love to go i know a lot of people said on twitter that they would love to go with you and i yeah awesome.
4: throwing themselves yeah, at yeah, a force for sure. so my vacation like, hey. we're gonna go on a <laughs> little vacation
3: with a couple what, other people <laughs> what, what did we do what did we text each other it's like it's like you know what the best part of my week is the pro am yeah. so i definitely <laughs> want to expand that into a whole vacation on my week off but uh no offense to you guys i appreciate you guys saying uh you'd be interested, but. I-, I wanted to ask you about the USA. I mean, wait, wait can the I US cut USA. you off
4: really quick? Sorry, sir. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't want to forget this point. Um, the biggest thing for me with the golf Twitter, when you get on a golf course that is so well-renowned uh, in like the, I joke that it's called the woke golf Twitter, but like you guys know what I mean? Like just the like progressively thought uh, Twitter world. Um, that, you know, the golf courses need to be like banded, like width and angles, like I mentioned before, uh, firm, fast. Like I'm, I'm all in on that, too, by the way. Um, but I'm just going to show the it's a little bit of like hypocrisy. Part of this is because it was match play. But yesterday's match uh, and the day before the golf course is so easy. Right. If there's no wind, like it's really easy. Yesterday, we're we're commending how great their golf is. 12 birdies and an eagle and like there are 14 birdies and an eagle or something like that on the first. Uh, the first 18-hole match, and that's awesome. If that was a PGA Tour event and it was a U.S. Open, they would be vilifying the golf course for how easy it is. And I only bring that up because of Aaron Hills. Aaron Hills is one of the harder golf courses I've played. Shane has it on his hat right now. Very nice. I didn't even notice that. Um, but uh, that's like a little weird osmosis thing. I must have seen it. And then it started getting the wheels turning. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of the harder golf courses I had played. Because when we when I played there, the wind blew like it does all the time. And it comes almost crosswind off every tee. And the fescue is in play on every tee shot. Then I watched in the U.S. Open and it looks really, really... Not doesn't look really easy, but they ripped it up. I mean, 16 under or something won. I think Brooks shot something around there. And the golf course gets absolutely blasted oh my God, these pros uh, are so soft. It's a player run uh, tour. Uh, they don't like hard golf courses. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it would have been hard if the wind blew. I mean, like, that's just, that that, that that's how the golf course plays. So Bandon, I know part of it's because it's match play, but everyone's going nuts about how great the golf is and how amazing the golf course is. And it's like, I watched it and I was like, you know, I, I agree, but I, I don't also you know, bitch and moan when the golf course has low scores. So I just want to say that, uh, you know, I understand everybody loves the golf course. I love it too. You can't keep blasting other places when it's easy. If the wind doesn't blow, like that's a big part of all golf courses. This one, Definitely in particular, but if we went there, I promise you this weekend and it had six mile an hour wins, which I know is abnormal, but it's so it, it's it's also abnormal hair and hills. The winning scores would have been so low. You would have hated it and or maybe not hated it. But you I'm just saying you can't it's it's a you can't play one side like in my opinion. Right. You can't, you can't have one and have, not have one the, and other. Out of the other. But again, I like watching it. I just want people to see that, like, just because the course has a in a, a great reputation like this, uh, you know, doesn't you can't play like you said you can't play both sides you can't just like take that on and say, oh well it's been it's, it's always windy it's like yeah that's what i was saying at aaron hills and you guys are like that's the stupidest golf course i've ever seen it's so easy it's like it's freaking so hard the fairways are wide for the same reason they're wide at abandoned it is windy as hell at aaron right. Hills. right i mean if it
3: if it, i mean like i think about you know we, what is the what's the most famous golf course in the world it's the old course of saint andrews right and every time that golf course comes up in conversation now, especially around an open, like hosting the next open championship, people go, man, it's going to become obsolete with the technology and with the equipment, which I don't disagree with. But Rory McElroy in an open championship shot 6380. Yeah. And it's because the condition, back-to-back rounds, yeah. and it's because the conditions changed. And to your point, when, Bandon, when it blows at Bandon Dunes, it's a very hard golf course. When you look at the qualifying scores this past week, you know, during stroke play, when they played trails and Bannon, there were some unbelievable golfers. I mean, Matt, Matt Parziali, you know, shooting 80 at Bannon Dunes because it blew hard that day. And then as we saw during the championship match, when it lays down, it's a birdie fest. That's how that golf course is going to play because it's not overly long. The fairways are friendly. The greens are friendly. They're not super undulated. You know, it's, it's one of those places, to your point, that, a professional golf event there is going to need elements to make it tough. Now, I do want to ask you this, because going back to kind of the woke Twitter, they love piling on the PGA Tour when it comes to you guys approach to golf courses and maybe God. it's not your approach personally, Max, but it's <laughs> no, like get it. the get tour, it. you know, the tour's approach in terms of it it, it, it they set it up a lot of the time to play to whatever the hell they're trying to make it play to. And people sometimes get frustrated by that. Trinity Forest was a golf course that the PJ Tour put on the schedule to be a Link style golf course that played different, and you've got to kind of play on the ground. And the players didn't like it. So, if tomorrow, instead of the FedEx Cup going to where are you guys this week? Are you in Boston? Boston. Yeah. So, if you don't go to Boston this week, let's say the, the PJ Tour this week, first FedEx Cup event is at Bannon Dunes, and it blows. 2025 all week are the players going to be complaining when they leave or do you think they would have enjoyed it
4: well this goes i guess this kind of ties into what andy johnson said this on 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 twitter at mark calcavecchio mark was like man i you know i'm looking at how windy it was and how difficult Bannon Dunes dudes was uh man it's making me not want to go as much i have a couple takes about that we can look at that as as what i looked at it as and i don't think andy did and i love you andy but i don't I think this was unfair. Mark was making a joke about how hard it looked to play golf. No one, not no one. Most people, especially someone like, like Mark, who's played a million rounds of golf in his life, doesn't want to go grind anymore like for a fun day he's not talking about a tournament he's talking about this is where i would take my vacation to relax right. okay that's where andy i feel like jumped the gun a little bit on him and said you know oh this just shows he's trying to go have a couple of cocktails and play he's golf. trying to get drunk and not fall over from the wind like that's right. his main goal like so so okay but let's just say we looked at it seriously that mark was being dead serious i don't want to play when it's hard out I don't think anybody in in professional golf likes to play and I'm not just talking about the PJ Tour anywhere likes to play in the elements just because again we do this so often you like like the easy days but I've I don't think I've heard a single tour pro in my life go to the tour on 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 a general week where the scores are really low and tell Jay Monahan that was a perfect setup I love how low the scores are the times when it gets Uh, blown up about how you know maybe some guys are bitching about it and and i agree with with this is is typically just when the pins maybe are in some really odd places for where the wind blows or they just got off the golf course and they're frustrated but in general they want everybody wants it to be hard. It's the elements that become draining. It's not the golf course. Typically we, we hear, we hear about bitching about the golf course, but it's the elements that make us not want to play just because like I said, we do this all year long. Um, it's nice to get the perfect days where it feels like you're not grinding just for your own job. Now, again, if, 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 if I'm going to go, um, you know, on a vacation, uh, I personally would like to go to Bannon when it was hard just because I want to see what it has to offer. But I get Mark Kalkovecchia, not like he has seen it all, man. It's He's not 29 yeah. years old. So if they went had... to Trinity Forest. Now, first off, I, I also have a, a, a little – I don't know if it's confirmed that just all the players didn't like it, so they went away. The tour didn't like it either. There's no trees, so nobody can stand right. under the no, shade. I, it's I, hot as hell. I know. I never played it, but it's hot as hell. And the wind didn't blow two years in a row, and the golf course got – absolutely massacred uh, scott piercy made no ber- no bogeys one week and lost by like two or three it got crushing do i understand <laughs> that that is a bad circumstance and really bad timing 100 i feel bad i wanted to see the place work but these golf courses have a lot that needs to be done to them they need to be able to have stands they need freaking shade in the summer like you need shade because you need people to come and you could say all oh, player run you know organization like blah 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 it's like yeah but like we do need money. Like that's part of it. That's why some of these cities, we go to the course that might not be the best course in the area because they're offering up their golf course. They want us to come. We can make money there. And yeah, I just feel like your people are being very picky saying that, you know, TPC lost cleanest is that much worse to watch than what I watched at the, the Dallas event at Trinity forest. If it was windy, I think it would have been really fun um, to watch. Uh, But it wasn't at all. Like, it sucked to watch, and I think everyone could agree on that because you didn't get to see any of the nuances that we typically see. But I just don't – I don't – it's not fair to always put it on the players, kicked it off – like, kicked it off toward the players, hated it. It's like, even if we hate – like, people went and played it. It doesn't matter again. It goes to, it's an entertainment product. It goes to you guys. If, if it was bringing in amazing numbers and revenue, we would still be there. It ha- it doesn't yep. have anything to do with our joy of it. So that's a unfair take. But the thing was, is it didn't really, it wasn't very like spicy when they played. And, you know, I, I would, if it fits on the schedule, I'm play, I play, I've played golf courses on tour that I do not like at all because it fits perfect on the schedule, but you play it because of course you're going to play. I'm not going to risk my career because I don't like a golf course, but it's like, it's, I don't know. It it doesn't really matter. You know, maybe you're not going to, it's Dallas. You've never really gotten this mega stars. You'll get DJ here and there. Uh, Phil will play. Um, and like I said, most of that is just where it sits on the schedule. It doesn't have a lot to do with the golf course because TBC Las Colinas is nothing of a golf course. And it's not that we like to go because it's easy and you could shoot really low. That's Nobody really likes that but there are you know there are circumstances on the PJ tour that stink uh especially in the summer and right now we're seeing it everywhere we go is soft and everywhere we go we'll get a little bit of wind for a minute and then the storms come uh so then you get like the dead period then when we come out of the storms you get the dead period then a little bit of wind and then the dead period and it's soft and calm. I mean, the scores are so freaking low. Nobody likes it. So I I mean, I don't know what to, to tell you. It's not like we all go in after and say this course is too hard. The where you see the bitching and the moaning is the US Open. And it's typically justified, or people are sometimes being, you know, kind of babies about it. But typically, if you played that golf course and you saw crusty, the Greens where and the ball's wobbling while you're trying to put it, you would be frustrated too. I don't think it's as much. It, this is a perfect Twitter thing where it, you know, Tron and and you know he says it all the time about how we just control everything and uh, it's like that's it's just not the case. But it's so easy to say that on Twitter that oh these pros are so coddled. Somebody said it to me yesterday. He said, oh you guys are so coddled. It's like you just read too much Twitter. Like I don't know where you're getting this from. We have an input, but I I would never just say, ugh. Trinity Forest stinks, you know. Jay Monahan, like, I, we need a difference. Like, he'd be like, "Yeah, well, we just made X amount of millions of dollars, so you could suck it up." Like, that's what he would say. So, that
3: there's my I, now. Eight now, I, I will let me just say, first of all, this is why I love doing this with you because you get the perspective of somebody that actually plays on the PGA Tour. And I thought you made some unbelievable points, including the fact, Max, that I worked the first event they did at Trinity Forest. I did the the PGA Tour live from site. And my dad came for Marshall, you know, drove two and a half hours to come and watch. My dad almost fell out because it was 150 (laughs) degrees and there's no shade. And he's walking around and I'm out on the golf course, like handing him waters, you know, from the coolers that you guys play out of. And he was following Zach Blair. And I'm like, dad, you, I mean, you're 70 years old. Like you can't do this. to your point, it was, it was brutal for everybody in terms of the conditions. I do want to get back to the amateur for a minute, because how many amateurs did you play in? uh four i think do you remember what how old you were what what year your first one was i mean i have to be Uh, perfect but just around the time
4: i was yeah just finished my freshman year of college so i
3: would have been like 18 so can you just because i never played an amateur a lot of people listening have never played in the u.s amateur you know we know what the professional events are that are important the majors the fedex cup all this stuff what What was it like getting in a U.S. Amateur? What was it like going to the U.S. Amateur? You know, kind of being in that field. How much bigger did it feel than maybe other events you have played in before? Because it does feel like the absolute pinnacle of amateur golf. And, I mean, I think that's why, you know, when you put it on a golf course like Bannon, it just seems like a perfect storm for everybody to be interested.
4: Yeah, totally. I I remember qualifying for my first one, and I was so hyped. Uh, I remember I drove two hours. I caddied for myself 36 holes. I made it in a playoff and uh, I was so excited. I'm making phone calls on the way home. And then all of a sudden, all the phone calls stop. And like the whole day just hit me. And I had, I, had, I drove to the nearest gas station and bought like a liter of soda because I had so little energy <laughs> all of a sudden. But that's what the excitement it brings out of you. But yeah, I hadn't played at that point tons of huge events yet, but I had played some. But, you know, it, it's literally just the equivalent of or, 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 or I guess like the comparison would be, you know, you go to... Um, like you've been playing public golf courses all your life and then you go to a country club and you're like whoa like this is why this is talked about so much you know because it's like the stands at some of these other you know tournaments would be stands you're like man these sick it stands but like you know if it's like 15 people these stands are like what the (laughs) hell man like this they brought these from the u.s open yeah and it looks just like a u.s open so yeah you show up and and it's just so different i mean you're not like you know where we would go the uh for a a high level amateur amateur tournament typically uh the uh a ton of the ambiance a ton of the uh flavor of the event comes from what the golf course is like obviously like, they're the ones that puts it on whereas everywhere you go for usam it is feels like us open because the usga puts it on like that's how it feels so it is big there's a ton of people i played well my first one and i mean we have thousands of people watching one group because it's match play it's what you would have seen obviously this week it's what we've typically seen before and it's super exciting and as an 18 year old it is jarring because it's still the usam is still put on nicer than i would say almost every PJ tour event minus the the us open and the pga and the i'm assuming the masters in the open like like the u s a treats it like a us open it's just for for people who are are amateurs um so it is it is it lives up to the hype it is an it is a wild experience your f- first one but all of them just because let's just say even if you played you know a few of them uh, you wait all year you play college events that feel big that aren't I mean the national championship doesn't feel like anything you know there's if, if a lot of people don't come out you wouldn't even notice much of a difference and then you go play summer tournaments and it's like oh this one's big sunny Hannah is huge blah 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 and then you all of a sudden you get to you know USAM, and you're like what the hell man like <laughs> you know you know where's Tiger at like this is a major right. so it's it's awesome and it obviously makes you more nervous but everybody you know wants to win the USAM probably more than anything it changed it's the only amateur event that changes your life you know the national championship doesn't really do a lot for you it adds to your resume for sure but you don't get anything um and, and, and i would say that it's definitely more of like a uh talking point more so than it is like any career booster but you you win that usam uh you obviously get to play the majors you went play the masters but you're making like a you know, maybe two commas coming out of college now, um, you're going to get paid. Uh, So that's a big thing. And, you know, most college kids are looking for that sponsorship, something or other, if that, you know, especially if it's their senior year, because you're about to, you know, go play Q school, typically, which is going to cost you, you know, all in all, like, you know, 10 to 15 grand to just give that a shot. So, you know, winning that and making some money, um, you know, pretty much guaranteed, uh, is, is, you know, a big deal. And that's all because the USAM has that kind of, uh, reputation that, you know, the people that win it are studs and it's the biggest amateur event in the world for a good reason.
3: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was great. I mean, beside all the stuff you and I are just having fun with, I, I thought it was an awesome watch. I mean, obviously we were, you know, we were going to be there and I was fired up to call it and I was excited to, to, I Yeah. Mean, First of all, I was excited to be there because I knew I was going to be playing golf with Faxon basically from sunup (laughs) to sundown when we weren't in the booth. Uh, And I'm sure the NBC crew did that as well. But uh, just being able to be at home and, and watch it on TV, I thought it was a great championship match. You mentioned kind of all the birdies and eagles and all the stuff that was going back and forth. I thought the last five holes... Were a great encapsulation of amateur golf versus pro. You saw some unbelievable golf shots. You saw some horrendous golf shots. I mean, that is again, there's a little bit of a difference, Max, from the PGA Tour to playing the best, playing best amateur golf in the world. I mean, I know the, I know that that number, that line is getting smaller and smaller, considering how great these players are when they get on tour, and at at least a few of them. And obviously, we just saw what Colin Morikawa does. But I thought it was awesome. I did want to talk to you a little bit about the caddy situation. Uh, I was lucky enough to get to get Segundo on the clubhouse. If you haven't listened to that or you don't listen to my other podcast, the clubhouse with Shane Bacon, uh, Segundo Olivo Pinto came on. He was the young man that I had the unfortunate situation with the caddy on the 18th hole at Bandon against Tyler Strafosi, the guy that ended up winning the amateur uh, where the caddy was uh, basically building sandcastles in the in the uh, in the bunker there at 18. Were you watching that live? Did you see what was going on? I did not watch that part live uh, i want i wanna just uh
4: cut in on what you said though really quick uh these guys these kids are amazing um like absolutely amazing and uh but there there is a line still between the the professional level level and the amateur level and this is what I love about golf is that that those two kids let's just say um just use just only them two, but I'm sure tons more are gonna be the you know studs of the pj tour at some point you would think um and even if they're not it's somebody that you watch this week will be uh but it, what i love about golf is you're going to watch them get better and you're not going to see a huge jump because they're already really good but you're going to see them get better and uh, i know that lag putting is really really hard at band and it looks really really hard but that was a very clear uh weakness they both had uh, or they all kind of had for the for the week you're going to see short game uh, you see some great shots but short game obviously that stuff improves and and most of it isn't like the big stuff like the hitting because uh the nerves come into play the experience comes into play when you get on the greens when you get around the greens uh when you're laying up like gupta was you know you just dude you gotta get that ball out of the bunker i don't care if you fat right that ball has to get out of the bunker but i, I those are the little things you would see where when you watch the windham i know the windham the course was different and it looked like you know, obviously softer and all these things, but you watch the little things PJ tour players do uh, there. It's amazing. The lag putting to me, uh- you know, when you watch professionals is so impressive because it's such a throwaway thing. I was kind of thinking about it recently. It feels a little bit more like a free throw in, in, um, you know, the NBA, you, you don't see a lot of pros three putt a lot. Um, and you're seeing, you know, I, I'm watching, uh, Strafacci, uh, play Gupta and he's three up and he's got like 25 feet and leaves it four or five feet short and misses the putt. And I'm not saying I've never done that. I'm not saying people don't do that all the time, but I'm saying that that happened a lot more than just once. And there weren't a lot of just like, here, let me kick this in. And that's. That's what I love about the golf is you're going to see him and, and get better at that. Like that's the stuff that you see the pros already have uh, because of all the experience of being nervous and the experience of, of adapting to the greens, whatever. But I just want to point that, point that out, because I think that's something fun to watch as these players grow into like incredible careers. Um, the caddy thing.
3: <laughs> well, hold on, one, one sec, one sec, Max, I, I did just, just to your point, because one of my favorite follows that I have Shosh. Uh, to your point, sent this yesterday, and I just wanted to read it because I think it backs up and it, and it kind of it holds the hand of what you just said. It said random potential thought. Biggest difference between the pros and the top collegiate players: course management and shot variety. It said most PGA Tour courses don't magnify those differences potentially, but Bannon, right now, the differences are magnified, and you see tour pros not having difficulty with those types of things. I noticed that a lot, Max, watching this with you know the most famous hole on property is 16 you know, it's a potentially drivable par four depending on where the wind is. But I I just felt like a lot of the time there seemed to be not 100% committed idea of exactly where to go. Now, it's also a hard hole to play with a layup or if you're going for the green. But I did just feel like a lot of the time, like if you were playing in a tour event there, you and Joe would 100% know what you were doing when you stepped on the tee. And I felt like a lot of the time it was like, I'm going to hit driver. Do, am I really going at the green? Am I bailing out left? Left's kind of dead. Every time guys would kind of go for it, it seemed like it was not the right play. Because, again, when the when it's firm and fast and it's linksy, I mean, you, you're kind of, you're basically at the expense of what the ground's going to do to the golf ball. So you've got to hit a golf shot, sure. But then it might run run 60 or 70 yards. You have to understand that that's potentially what could happen. So yeah, I do, I do dialed. feel like. The course, the course management, I thought a little bit, and especially in those later matches you saw because of this golf course being so different than what a typical USGA championship, you know, PJ tour event, LPGA tour event, whatever, because it's so different. I felt like that's one of the most important parts of how you plan out your round is is exactly what the shots you're going to hit are.
4: Totally. And then also to, to that exact point, I just remember bones on one of the holes, I think in the semifinal match you know, bet, uh, somebody, you know, I bet you a, a lemonade this ball's left of the pin because I think, yeah, strafaci, Because I think goop to hit it in the right low area. And, and, you know, bones is on the ground said, Oh, I, you know, I bet you a lemonade this ball's left of the left of the pin here. Cause you have forever left and right looked really bad and the ball goes right. And I thought that, that was a very telling bones has done a lot more professional golf stuff than amateur golf, because that's just another thing that that kid will get better at, but you just, you know, knowing your golf swing, um, you know, knowing uh your tendencies and knowing how to make sure a golf ball does never goes right when you have the world left on that exact hole. And you know, they ends up making bogey. Um, Gooped ends up making bogey too. But like those are the things you look at them. That's why match play, there's there's it's kind of more fun and easy uh not to like, you know, jump on people uh when you watch uh their their rounds because you're like, oh, you know, oh they tied, like he didn't lose a whole way. It's like, yeah, but he just made like a bogey from the middle of the fairway when, you know, he had like, you just can't, like, you just can't do that. So at the end of the day, you look at these scores and it's, you know, you don't really think about the score as much as you think about what happened. But again, this is nothing on the the guys. I'm, I'm saying this is the exciting part about watching amateurs and then pros and seeing where the differences are and then seeing where people get better. You look at someone like a Colin Morikawa, a Matt Wolf, a Victor Hovland, a Scotty Scheffler, these kids who have jumped on the scene and been so good at, uh, right away it's not always just because they hit it so well all the time. It's because they're polished. Like you look at Colin, Colin is an unbelievable ball striker. Like bordering on once in a generation ball striker, he's way, way up there. Yet, he wins at, uh, at the PGA championship because he, you know, one big part was he chipped in. You know, that's not something he's known for, but he's really good at it because he's good at everything. Matt Wolf is known for smashing it and hitting it super flush. Matt Wolf is an amazing putter. He hasn't had the best year this year statistically, but he's an amazing putter typically. Uh, Victor Hovland. Wait, wait, who, hey,
3: Max wins his first PGA tour event by making a bomb free yes, ball, right? Exactly. I mean, off the green.
4: And then Victor Hovland, who is, you know, admittedly to, you know, or, or uh, self-admittedly a, a poor chipper. I'm sorry to, to the guy on Twitter still. I don't know if he's been working on it. I would assume so still. Uh, but, you know, he's chipped in a few times this year. I know he's had some bad ones, but like these people are very polished. And Scottie Scheffler, who, you know, I haven't seen play a lot of golf. He hasn't been on TV a ton. I watch him at the PGA and he looks just, he looks sharp. So that's the stuff. These young guys, they're, they're probably just as good in general as as the the young guys who are killing it on the pj tour but it's just the little sharp stuff that's just like a little off the Okay, I'm not making a bogey here. It's the old, it's the old professional golf saying. It takes a professional three, uh, a one, you know, only one good shot. They can hit three bad shots and still make par, uh, right? Because their bad is so good, and really their one good is so good. Whereas you know, the typical amateur, if you hit one poor shot, if you hit a bad drive, typically it's a bogey. So that's the professional golf thing. That's what you see the most at the PJ Tour level. Um, but it's also why watching the USAM is typically the most fun thing to watch because you're seeing a little bit more raw golf. You're seeing just as uh high at the talent level but maybe the the tools haven't been been sharpened a ton and I that's why I love watching it. and this week obviously because the golf course is something that I've only heard of from just about everybody in the world and I had never actually seen before <laughs> I've, um, been. The, Did I tell you I've
3: been that's how I've been I've been to it the, <laughs>
4: yeah. the caddy thing though uh I don't know if people are going to love my take on this um it's okay it, it, I your your podcast on the clubhouse spot was awesome I think the kid uh so silvio he deserves segundo segundo sorry he uh he deserves all the credit in the world i mean that i i would have never handled that well i don't know if anybody would have ever handled handled it that well where i got a little bit and this is maybe where my take won't be the most popular what i got a little bit annoyed with is just not from not from segundo but from other people like oh like i feel for this caddy i texted you that like i I feel for this caddy. This is so difficult. He's going to get berated on Twitter, which is, I mean, again, I know this better than anybody at this point. You could just not go on Twitter. Like that's, if that's what you're afraid of, he, he, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Like, right. uh, That is rule one of caddying. I caddied in high school. I, I, and I knew a lot about golf, but I knew that there was two things I never do. And it's touch the ball and touch the sand. Like don't touch it if it's on the ground. And then he lied about it. I, I don't get like the gosh. I feel bad for him because I've been thinking about this, and I do not. I'm not saying he did this at all. I'm not. I'm not. Not. Not saying he did this at all. But in this day and age, with the gambling on sports, DraftKings, and all that, I don't know if there were even lines for this event. So again, I'm not saying this. They, I don't think they do. The okay, amateur. but I'm saying in general, with how uh, how uh, popular gambling's gotten, what like that caddy was getting paid zero dollars. Like, I mean, he's getting paid a little bit amount of money from, from, from his player, not a lot. What if somebody came in and said, hey, I'll give you 10 grand if you can somehow throw this match, if you could somehow do it? Because that's what it looked like to my eyes, and that's just what made me think about it was... I don't know anyone who's ever touched the sand. Aaron Fleener said it best. What would I even tell my player after I touch the sand? That's what I was wondering. So, so my and the reason I bring that point up about the gambling is there has to be a new rule done about these uh, events that demand a caddy or mandate a caddy when you're an am and you obviously don't have a pro a pro caddy because we've we've all been there in professional golf. I've played Monday qualifiers. I've played. Shoot, I played with Rudy in the Bahamas. I've played uh I've played amateur events where we were mandated caddies like I hated it because I have to teach typically a kid who doesn't play golf or ever go around it that or who's ever been around it that hey you, this is where you can't be this is where you can't stand this is a penalty don't touch this don't do that it's a and new I'm stress telling, it's another yes, stress you have and to it's deal not with even just a stress if he does it i lose like, right my my career my like livelihood especially if it's a professional golf event is is at a really bad spot because of this guy who i have am forced to use as a caddy I have to have him caddy. Now my whole thing is, my whole week, my whole job is up, uh, you know, or kind of at the mercy of him. So that's what I'm watching with this. Do I think that that guy did that on purpose? No, I do not. But, there should be an appeals thing. Like, yo man, like this isn't my caddy. Like I, I, you know, how, how lucky was it? You know, back in the day, Justin Thomas had Michael Greller a caddy for him at us. Ames. I had my dad, I had to teach him the rules every time. Cause what if there's a new rule change? He, he isn't not used to this. Not that Greller was honestly either, but you you get my point. He is, he's being paid to be a caddy. This, these guys are, 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 so, you know, uh, local caddies who, you know, are are out there having fun. It's an awesome week for them. But like this kid should not have lost that match because a guy he does not know at all. He met this week because he, he told him he's a local caddy. He, he does one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. Now he, he, you know, he, that kid could have won the USAM. I don't know. I just, I hate that you can't appeal that.
3: Yeah. So, so to your, I mean, I I have never thought about this and I, I think it's actually a, a brilliant point is you know, professionally, Max, y- you're responsible for Joe. Now, I mean, Joe's an adult. I mean, there's no reason for me to say that he's not responsible for himself. Yeah, but, but- I'm
4: the CEO and he's an employee. That's
3: how this thing works. Exactly. So my employee so- is a jag off.
4: <laughs> he's, you know, it's on then me. Then it's on
3: you, though. You know, like you're you're paying your caddy as a professional golfer and you're paying him to be an employee, be a good employee, know what the hell's going on and to do the right stuff, right? And if he doesn't do it, if it's Ian Woosnum and you got 15 clubs in the bag and you're on the second hole at the Open Championship, and you know what? That's on you as a team because you guys are a professional team. But for an amateur to play in a U.S. amateur and to take a local caddy, which happens at every amateur event, there are fathers on the bag. We saw that this week, maybe a little too much. (laughs) There are friends on the bag. I mean, something that I always saw in the amateur events we would do was a guy might have a local caddy on, through the quarterfinals a friend of his on his team loses the friend comes in and and loops for the semifinals and the finals right that happens as well and again that friend is a collegiate golfer that knows the rules to your point this guy who now we know a little bit more information about is a first year caddy at band and dunes he's a resort caddy he caddies for guys like me max he doesn't caddy for guys like you professionally he's caddying for me and three of my idiot friends carrying a bag of beers trying to have a good time so for him Maybe testing the sand is something he just kind of does. It's a little bit like kicking a ball out of a bad lie, right? If you're caddying for the recreational golfer that's out there trying to have some fun, it maybe in this circumstance shouldn't be on a player who is maybe assigned somebody to carry his bag because he doesn't want to carry his bag the whole whole time because it'd be a lot and it would be, you know, exhausting. You're playing 36 a day three times. Maybe it shouldn't, like you said, maybe it shouldn't fall on the player. I mean, if your caddy screws up. And the caddy isn't your caddy. I don't know how you would make that a rule, but I do love the idea that we are penalizing a player for something that a guy he doesn't really know and has no professional affiliation with is ruining his chances. At what you said, which I love, was a two comma deal. I mean, you know, you you're talking about potentially costing a guy maybe a million bucks when he turns professional if. If this all happens the way, and I I don't want to pile on the caddy. I mean, we've all heard everybody's take on it, but I did, I do love the bigger picture look that you have in that in these types of events, which are way bigger than maybe people know they are, we should maybe allow some leniency to the player if something happens outside of his control.
4: Yeah, there, there, yeah, exactly. There should be some. Uh, appeal there should be some you know we always talk about it but there should be like the common sense test you know did Dustin Johnson really move his ball at Oakmont you know on honestly probably not but even if he did it went backwards if anything so it didn't help at all like the this this the the guy touched the sand did absolutely nothing for the player um, and it also had the player it's not like he was trying to condone it at all. He wasn't asking. No one would ask for that. So it's just unfair to the player. Uh, I, again, I'll go back to this, the, the, unpopular part. I don't feel bad for this caddy one iota. I don't, if if he if you say oh well, he's just a local caddy. well then he shouldn't be caddying in the USM the the kid should have had a you know he should have had an option to get you know a, a better caddy or something if we're gonna have the biggest event in the world for amateur golf so I don't feel bad I feel really bad for the kid it's not like he knows any of that's gonna happen so that sucks that he can't say hey listen can we just go back and talk about this like this is a huge moment um I, I last hole appeal. I mean it's I, all yeah. square I want to appeal this like it's not my penalty it's this guy's penalty like I I should not be crushed because of this the kid handled it amazing I, It is so impressive I just it was really hard to watch that knowing that I've had that situation where I mean I joke about it all the time but when Rudy Caddy for me in the Bahamas like it was very difficult and I'm not even just like I, I'm with you too with like the added stress like do I need that no but I was just more like what if he stands behind me I made the cut on the number that week and ended up playing great on the weekend if if he stands behind me on one of those holes where he's not allowed to and I get a penalty, I miss the cut. And that, at that point, that was a humongous moment in my life. Like I finally played a good event and I made the cut on the number like Rudy could have like messed that up. Now, shout out to him like he was great and, and didn't do anything like wrong, uh, you know, as far as the rules go. But I was that's what I, that's why I was scared of it. And there's nothing there's nothing I can do about that you also see these local caddies in these in these things you saw how hyped some of these caddies got when someone made a putt there's a video of you know the kid makes the putt, gives a little fist pump and the caddy in the background is a local banding and caddies fist pumping and throwing the waving the flag around like just doing all the stuff and it's fun to see and it's exciting you know what that makes me think in, in, a, in a kind of a, a skeptic and, and a, maybe a pessimistic way i I'm not sure that caddy, if he's forecutting, isn't kicking a ball into a better lie because he seems like he really wants it. And he doesn't... You know, there's no... Like you said, there's, there's no... He doesn't have... I'm not his boss. I'm his boss for the week. If I never see him again, I mean... You never like that. Why would I see him again? So it's like you, you. That stuff makes me nervous. Like these people are, especially the you know on the PJ tour, no caddy would ever, or I don't think any caddy would ever do that. And one big reason is because you know if it's one week, you're making a ton of money in your life. Like even the caddies are doing, you know what, well, well enough not to be thinking about cheating. I would assume. But you go play a, a a low level professional golf event, even you know a web event where your your card is on the line, and somebody. I, I, that stuff makes me very nervous. And so when I see these caddies getting hyped that are local caddies that probably have bragging rights with their buddies and, uh, you know, what's the literally, what's the worst thing that that can happen if, 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 you know, a random person cheated, they just get, they don't, I mean, maybe they get banned from USG events. That probably wasn't ever going to happen again. So like that stuff is what I think of in, in my skeptic view of it. So it makes me nervous. So like, that's why I just don't get why there's not some sort of appeal where it's like, Hey, I don't know this guy. He's an awesome guy, you know. They obviously get along, and that's that's great. But I don't know this guy, I don't know what the hell he was doing. I'm losing this whole thing because I was forced to have a cat, and it it didn't
3: help. The thing is, yeah, it didn't help at all. Sucks is it didn't help him. Now, I, I do want to throw this at you because I'm listening to you and I'm agreeing with a lot of what you're saying. I've always thought that golf could really use, you know, Bill Simmons always talked about the sports czar that could just kind of be around and help out with weird situations that seem like they're probably simpler than we make them out to be. In a 144-field stroke play event, if a rules infraction happens on seven and you are either off the golf course or on 14, you can't really have an opinion on it. You could watch video, maybe you see a close-up of on an HD camera or whatever, but in those instances, to me, the rules of golf have to kind of be what you live yeah. on. You know, I mean, it's, it's what's written. But in match play, Max, in match play, the only people affected are the two players playing against each other, right? That's yes. the only thing that matters. I mean, you can make a 10 and somebody can make a two and it's a one-up lead. You're playing one-on-one, mano-a-mano, that's it. So why don't we have some sort of an umbrella clause about common sense where you go, hey, Tyler. You're here. Let me just explain to you what happened. Now I know Tyler wants to win. And listen, you can say everything you want to say, but winning is the most important. And if somebody comes up to you and go, the caddy rubbed the sand, it's a loss of a hole. You win the match, you're like, that stinks, but I won. I'm moving on. You know what? I'm one step closer to winning the Havemeyer trophy. But if you did have a common sense, you know, conversation about it and go, hey, this caddy touched the sand. It's obviously not going to help the player. You're a golfer. You're here. You you maybe saw a little bit of what went down. We're going to eject the caddy, but let's keep the match going. I feel like reasonable parties could all agree that would be something that would make sense, right? You know what? I agree.
4: In match play, if you tee off in front of the the tee tee marker, so to exact point in stroke play, if you tee off in front of the tee marker, it's two stroke penalty. Boom. Always. If you in match play tee off in front of the tee marker, uh, it's either no penalty. Uh, Or your playing partner can make you hit it again. Right. That's how, at least I think that's how the rule is written. I'm pretty sure. So, there's there's your there's your thing it doesn't affect anyone else except the guy he's playing if the guy he's playing has no problem with ace he shanks it. he's like screw it you play that one and he hits it to a foot you'd be like nope hit it again you teed off in front like <laughs> but it, it only goes on between them two it's my biggest beef with the sergio matt kuchar thing from last year's match play you know sergio raked a putt did he mess up a hundred percent matt kuchar can totally be like screw you dude like you should have waited but in general you know i think matt knows that you know he was going to give him the putt he could have just said, "Listen, rules official. Like I don't care that he did it. Let's just right. call it whatever because it doesn't affect anybody else." That's that's to that's a great point. You should in the matches you should have all the say in the world about what actually happens with the rules. So on that, you the rules Strafoggi official. Could say, yeah, the supervisor could be like, "Yo, listen, dude, I don't care." Like just play it yeah i mean we'll see what happens at the end about with the caddy but he wasn't trying to do anything malicious in in his in you know strafaci's opinion let's say so he's like screw it and then wants strafaci be like you know what dude beat you know beat it like I it's win. the rule yeah right. the I-, rule. I can so, win the match and that, it's that way a win-win too for him it should be more on him than yeah for sure in match play but yeah in stroke play obviously all this stuff affects everybody in the event i don't care if you're in you know last place you you still you know maybe are one closer to not last place if somebody you know you have to you have to judge all the rules the exact same so i love that um you you i I just i think it's very unfair that um you know when, when you turn pro and you're on the web or pj tour you you obviously have the um you have the uh, tools to find a caddy who you like, maybe not your favorite in the world, but you will find somebody, you you know, that is a professional, like that, that, that is what is available to you. But when you're in these low level, you know, maybe a mini tour event that maybe they, you you know, you need a caddy. I know the Canadian tour, you need one for the weekend. Um, And then, or you're in a high level amateur event where you need a caddy. It's like, uh, why are my shots being dictated by somebody that I'm forced to use who I don't know? Like I, you know, it just seems so it seems so ridiculous um i know that we're trying to look professional here but like that that caddy clearly didn't know what he was doing um it, it sucks that someone who clearly did know what he was doing uh got penalized for for it all um and i don't know it just it, it put a bad taste in my mouth but by the way with this whole thing that morning i was watching or thinking about the golf and i was uh, or maybe i was reading about the golf and i remember people always say that bandon uh, dunes has the best local caddies and i wrote this down because it just made me laugh. And it just somehow ends up coinciding with this, like, uh, th- this thing that happens later, this this uh, controversy. And this is coming from someone, like I said, I used to caddy in high school. So, like, I hated. I mean, you, caddy, you say caddy for this. me. I I, would caddy say for you.
3: I I tipped you well, A plus you did. every time. You did. I got free tacos after.
4: Um, but I, I, one of my the sayings that makes me laugh so hard is when people are like, oh, abandoned. I'm just picking on Bayonet, but it could be anywhere. Oh, they have the best caddies. They read the green so well. It's like, dude you're 12 handicap how in god's name do you know if they read the greens well because you made a lot of putts <laughs> that day because you don't start a putt where you look at all so you could argue that they actually read them really really bad but your putts just going i hate when people say that because i hear that about being oh their best local caddy you you are having the best week of your life if you're abandoned from what i read that's not even a judgment calling more that is a fact because you everybody mentions it one million times that they went there so it's one of the best weeks of their lives of course, it's fun. Of course, you love who you're with. Of course, the caddies seem awesome. But stop saying that they're the, the, they read the greens so well there. It's like, you have no idea. You are not good enough to tell me that your ball started online and that that read was right. I'm sorry. I know, that. but see the only reason that this this uh caddy to the same thing really ruined this take is i'm not being serious about this you can say whatever you want but like that was my funny takeaway from this band and thing before all this happened was you know everyone talks about how amazing their caddy was at abandoned it's like okay so you made a 40 footer like yeah he's a really good you
3: boy. know what uh I, when we go i'm gonna have ethan caddy for you and i who's my band and caddy who's awesome and i'm gonna <laughs> tell him a
4: band and caddy. I'm, I'm gonna tell That's... him i'm
3: gonna tell him to just give you The absolute shittiest reads. (laughs) Well, you know what I do, Shane? You know what I do at golf courses? I read
4: it myself. You know why? Because I'm really good at reading greens. You know why? Because I'm on the PGA tour. Like, that's the thing, is I could I've I've listened to these caddies say like the wrong read, and it's okay. But uh, I'm not saying I read them all perfect, but it's just like, oh, you'll never believe. Like this guy just knows the place. It's like yeah, I kinda know it already. I could see the break. Like I do this all I got the time. It, yeah. But there are some that are amazing. I remember I had a caddy at Riviera once. We were playing, and you know, you hear, Oh, you gotta take they always say this, you gotta take this guy if you if you know if you end up playing Riviera, this just like, I'm gonna just take my caddy right. like But this was the one guy, <laughs> the one guy I've ever played with. I had a putt that I thought was two cups out the right, and he came over and he said it perfectly. He said, I know you think this breaks more, it doesn't. It is a ball out the right. And I'm like, There's no way, dude. Like this putt feels like in my feet everything it feels like it's gonna go and and i was like you know what i'm gonna listen and I listened, and as I hit the putt, I'm like, "It's gonna miss so far left," and it went right in the middle. And I that was the one time I thought there was. I'm like, I might kick Joe to the curb for one week because this guy seems like a genius. <laughs> he knows these screens
3: like the back of his hand. <laughs> uh, all in all, good week. Bannon was fun. I had a question. Oh, it was awesome. Um, there was a there was a P, also a PJ Tour event. Uh, oh, that Oh, wait, uh,
4: I, I I forgot my one last take. Uh, I did, and I, I hate to admit this, I stopped watching with like five six holes ago. I couldn't take how slow it was, man. Yeah, Struffoli was was, Strafossi mass, was brutal. Yeah, It was masked by, I think, I watched the other days for the most part, especially semifinals. I watched a lot, and it was masked by how there was two groups, you know, so, like, they could cut in and out of each group. But that last match felt like it never ended, and it was never going to end, and I, I couldn't do it. And I'm sorry. Uh, I, know, I know that that is a lame, lame excuse, but... Uh, I watched enough golf. I couldn't just watch. I couldn't watch it anymore. It drove me insane. And I get why people don't like slow play too, but that, that was, I felt like a leave in a little bit more uh, brutal just because there was one group on the whole golf course. And I hate bones is such a pro, but I, Every time you said deliver, I'm like, Bones, you want to smack this kid because <laughs> delivered is just the just, it's a way nice way to say, say painfully super painfully slow. slow. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, now, I will say shout, shout out to Ali Osborne because he was faster than hell. And he, he would, was like, he, fast, s- he yeah. would he would do the DJ thing occasionally where he was hitting and you could tell the camera still wasn't ready. You know, like yeah, he was I about to pull the trigger and you're like, oh, he's not ready. We're going to take a quick break and be right back.
2: Shop for Father's Day now in stores or
1: online at homedepot.com. Electricity has always been synonymous with power. And in the BMW i4 M50, power is more refined than ever. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Listen carefully and you'll make out the sound of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper experience the rush of pure performance as bmw m-engineered handling takes you through every twist in turn and elevate each moment of your drive with a suite of cutting-edge technology including a bmw intelligent personal assistant that gets smarter with every interaction i've started guidance and the most advanced iDrive operating system yet for the most powerful vehicle of its kind introducing the bmw i4 m50 silence has never said so much bmw the ultimate electric driving machine.
3: There was a PJ tour event this week. I know we're not going to touch a lot on it. Uh, I did have a question. I wrote down that I wanted to ask you. Uh, have you ever played with Peter Molnati before? Oh yeah. I've played with Peter. Okay. Um, he's sponsored by kind bars. So two questions. One is, did you, does he eat kind bars during the round? And does he have a lot in the bag and offer them to, to his playing partners? Cause I feel like
4: that'd be a he nice does. thing to do. Nice. He does. He has a ton and he offered it. I think it was the first time I ever had a kind bar. It was, he gave me one. And I, I really did like it. Um, but <laughs> Peter is the best. Uh, it is perfect that he's sponsored by something called kind because he might be the nicest person I've ever met. And yeah. And he hands out bars like they're, you know, candy, which they taste pretty good. I mean, so I know we have the candy. gift
3: card bag that obviously is his fallen flat considering no fans, <laughs> but the kind bar thing just seems like if you can get sponsored by a snack, that's a wrappable snack. seems like a great thing to have on the golf course because all you're going to be doing is 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 handing them out to anybody that wants one, right? I mean, volunteer. Yeah. You want a bar? What are you looking for? You want coconut? I got the coconut. Are we good to go? 59. You once
4: again are doing your thing where you think the caddy will be down to carry like 75 bars. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if
3: everyone's getting a bar, but yeah, maybe like three extras. Okay. Hey, Jay, hey Joe, the, the golf balls are in that <laughs> pocket and all my kind bars are in that pocket. Just want to let you know. That's all. That's all of our snacks for us and everybody else that asked for it. But uh, Shane, did uh, you did you watch the window? I watched a good amount of it. You know what? I watched on Sunday, Max, I wrote this on Twitter and I wasn't joking. And of course, you know, Twitter, you and I have had a, a lengthy conversations about Twitter over the last few months. I think pandemic has, has, has helped expand the, the horribleness of, of everything that is social media, <laughs> but you, you literally cannot write something on Twitter and not get clap back. I mean, I could write, man, water's great. And there would be like 50 people to be like, what kind of water do you filter your water? Okay. You were, you you know, electrolytes. And I, I watched golf from about 5. AM on Sunday until I mean, 7. PM, pretty much nonstop. And of course I got a lot of like, (laughs) wow, your wife must be happy. I'm like, I watched my child for four of those hours with my wife, not at the house. So it's not like I wasn't just like, I don't duct tape myself to the couch and not move. You know, I mean, I'm also doing other stuff, but Dude, I watched an unbelievable amount of golf on Sunday.
4: Well, Shane, you were speaking of Twitter. You were on fire on Twitter. I feel like in the last two days, you were in your element. It was at Well, your I've, been course, been your yeah. <laughs> I've been abandoned. I've been abandoned. Of course, I've been abandoned. You were on You crushed it. Um, I didn't. I watched. The, I watched probably more of the wind. Um, I was curious how it ends. It's exciting, you know, with the one twenty-five, and you know, even like the seventy, and then watching someone like Jim Herman, who I really like, and you know, it was exciting watching him come down the stretch. The golf course, obviously. Uh, not as exciting considering how soft it was and the scores were really low, but it's still, I thought, exciting to watch. Uh, Jim Herman, as, as I wrote down, uh, the guy is, this is what I wrote. I don't want to mess up how I wrote it because I don't want to come off mean. It might still, whatever. Jim Herman is the least likely assassin of all time. Like, he is the guy who helps you change your oil in your super hoity-toity suburban neighborhood right before he kills a bad guy like out, you know, when he's on the lamb or whatever <laughs> they they say, like Jim Herman has now won as many times as Patrick Cantley and Tony Finau combined. He has this was his second top twenty-five in the last two years. They've both been wins. Uh, the guy gets near the lead and absolutely. Like close, he's just a closer. He's he's a, he's. I know. Loading up does my favorite thing: the dogs and killers, or or neither. He's a killer. I don't even think he's a dog, which I thought you had to be both. He's just a straight up killer. The guy just knows how to win. I don't get it. When he plays well, he plays amazing. Um, I've always thought that Jim was a bit. He he mentioned it in his post post round that everything for him is mental, and I agree. I, the times I play with Jim, he's played amazing. So maybe I just have like that. Uh, you know that memory of it. Uh, but you know you wouldn't I, watch him. When I watch him, I wouldn't think, oh, this is somebody who's gonna make seven cuts this year. Uh, and and you know, kind of struggle all season because he always seems so like locked in. He, he's rolled it well with me. He always drives it great. But man, like. It's hard to win. I talk about it all the time, and this guy makes it look really easy. When he's down in the in the hunt at the end of the end of the tournament, he was nails uh, making the putts he needed to, hitting shots close. I mean, every iron shot was right, every at every iron shot, and five he, he, irons. He it's not wedges. He he had no nerves. It looked like on that putt on eighteen, it rolled so perfect. He just misread it. But what an amazing tournament! I will say though, and this is this is what I what I wrote about the week. I thought that this week, for the first time, I don't think that it's Helped any other week, but for the first time, I thought that this week at Wyndham, not having fans was painful. Like, it's obviously already not the most exciting event just because you don't have Colin Morikawa battling Justin Thomas. You know, you didn't have that for once. Which, again, I I like seeing that here and there. You know, you need to see Jim Herman, the guy who isn't on TV a lot, like get his play. Even Billy Horschel is an amazing player who isn't on TV a lot. We get to watch him play, and you get to see how good he is. But the shot on 18 that Jim hit and that Billy Horschel hit were so good. And I don't know, you know, the, I, I don't, I was thinking about this kind of all the whole time I was watching. I don't know as much as we bag on commentators at times, I don't know what they're supposed to do to live in that up. You can't go insane. It's a lot easier to go insane when other people are cheering, but I just felt like Jim Herman hits the. I'm not going to say the shot of his life. He's had, you know, he chipped in at, the, at Houston to basically close it out, but it was one of the best shots of his life on 18. And, it just was like, oh, and what a great shot by Jim! It's like I needed fans at that moment. I needed someone to go bananas right. because I was like, oh my god, that's an amazing shot! It's like, that was the first week where I felt like fans really like not having fans really it diminished. Five ironed, just,
3: so like I okay, that shot's hard. I consider too. myself a pretty good golfer, Max. I mean, obviously, I'm not a professional. Golfer. Hey, I would consider that as I well. mean, that's fair to say, right? I mean, yeah. I, I'm 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 a plus handicap. I don't you have talk a plus about, in front of. Your I handicap. don't talk about yeah. my golf game a lot because I mean I. Do a podcast with a guy that plays on the PGA tour. <laughs> but I am amazed, week in and week out, watching professional golf, especially coming down the hunt, at the shots that guys hit with their irons and how precise the shots are. And you have Jim Herman hitting a five iron into the last hole to 12 feet. And then Billy Horschel comes up after him and has to make Birdie to win. And it's a seven iron from somewhere in the 190 yard range. I mean, hits Max, like if I hit that shot with an iron, seven iron from 190, if I hit it that close, <laughs> it would have been the shot of my day. By far, not even yeah. close. It was, it would have been the absolute best iron shot of the day. If I'd have hit it, all my buddies would have been like, holy crap, wow, what a shot. You know, it is it is so impressive how good and how precise PJ Tour players, including yourself, obviously, are with their irons, and they do it week in and week out coming down the stretch. And those two shots were great. Uh, I wanted to throw this at you. I am, I'd say I am acquaintances with Billy Horschel. I've had him on the podcast. I text him occasionally. I know you play out there with him. He's between hat deals right now. Do you think <laughs> we could get him a get a grip hat and he'll wear it during a tournament round? because he's wearing any hat, you know?
4: I mean, uh, this is just playful, obviously, but Billy does look like the guy who would wear the Pine Valley hat of. Uh, you know, like something, like something a little bit uh, maybe more nicer. What? Yeah, yeah. nicer. I, I, mean, I mean, I love our hats, but doesn't he? Doesn't he give you that vibe? Yeah. He's a FedEx Cup. I feel like he's gonna wear. He wears the Polo Rlx. His sleeves were tighter than any sleeves I've ever seen. His arms are
3: sculpted dude i mean yeah he's like so he's in very good Bello, shape. you, you know he, yeah
4: he's in some good shape so to me he's somebody who's gonna wear he's not gonna go the Duffner route where he wears you know hilarious hats. hats he's gonna wear very uh classy 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 i'm
3: gonna send him a picture i'm gonna say hey man listen hey let it you know what if you're down for it we'd appreciate it you know what if it's a wednesday hat that's okay as well we're we're we are happy to be a pro-am hat that's fine with us we don't we don't my locker's
4: next to his i could just start sneaking him (laughs) in there and just maybe he'll think that like that's his new sponsor i'll write a little note hey this is from your agent (laughs) insert name here uh we need to start wearing these hats uh especially when we're in the hunt on sundays
3: (laughs) you make it a thursday friday saturday sunday hat and they're just all those same white imperial oh, hat that so we yeah. have. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about that. I'm, I'm going I'm to throw it his way. But uh, I like it. yeah, the Herman guy uh, wins it. I, I, before we get to flights, just quickly, we occasionally talk about other sports. Uh, NBA has been back and it's been amazing. I've watched a lot of NBA. Um, where are you currently in confidence level of your Lakers winning this championship as the NBA playoffs start on Monday?
4: Super high because... Uh, for all my life, watching LeBron James play and Tom Brady, for that matter, and the Patriots uh, right before the playoffs, every single time uh, there comes out this like Article or, or or new take that, oh man, you know, LeBron, the Lakers are struggling don't look very good. They're struggling. And then you know what they do? They win every time. At least the Patriots, <laughs> every time somebody says that. So I love that they're saying that. You know when all that started, that the Lakers don't look that sharp? When they clinched number one and started not playing the same way. They stopped <laughs> they started posting up as you as I think Stamler said, they started posting up AD for the first time ever. They weren't running the two together a lot. Like all of a sudden they start playing a different type of basketball. Oh my God, they're not winning. They stink all. It's like they're not even they, they already have the one seed they're just trying not to get hurt and whatever so I love it it's the perfect position so I am very very confident um I I love the takes uh that the Blazers are gonna they're hot they're gonna run through the Lakers like the Blazers haven't had a blowout win yet like they they, they can't they they win every game by two is Dame Willard maybe my favorite athlete ever yeah he's up there <laughs> like I, I I love watching him but this happens every year who in God's name is going to guard LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the Blazers. Who the hell is going to guard them? Like they, there's nothing you can't, there's nothing to be done about that. So I'm very confident. Um, you asked me who I thought was going to get bounced in the first round or maybe be well, upset. An upset I, think yeah. it's going to, I think it's going to be the Clippers. And I, this is going to be a really biased take, but. The Clippers are losers like they losers lose and winners wow. win. They're going to lose.
3: <laughs> you, you know what? We need to start recording in the morning more. I love your you fiery <laughs> takes in the morning. You are just throwing them out there. <laughs> who do you who do you got? I, you, do you know what? I, it's playoffs? funny. I was li- I was looking at the odds on. I, I told you I wanted you to throw me um, your championship teams, your pick to win the championship and then maybe a first round upset. First round upsets are tough because you get you have 76ers Celtics. I think 76ers would have been a fun pick if everybody was healthy. Obviously that not being the case. Dude, I had the Mavericks on there as well. Now, yeah. I mean, they they're not going to be I mean, they they it, it is a horrible matchup for Dallas because they've got, you know, some of the best defenders in the league and they can throw themselves at Luka. But it's it it's plus 450 Dallas to win the series. Yeah. It's a big number. Uh but I'm looking a little bit down Uh, I I love heat pacers. I think the Heat are going to roll. I think that's an easy one. But, you know, the Thunder, now it's a little bit of a tighter number if you're looking at the Vegas numbers. But Thunder Rockets, I just feel like Houston was like, really, really? this is the team we have to play. Yeah. It this was scrappy the worst situation. We almost Oklahoma, Oklahoma city team with CP three. Who's going to like be out for blood. Not sure. There's a player in all of sports that wants to like step on throats more than CP three. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's my upset pick. I think I'm going to go thunder over the rockets. Uh, I I'm with you. I, I mean, I financially would love to see the trailblazers, uh, <laughs> upset. I, I think it's going to be a sweep. I mean, maybe Dame gets one because he's Dame and I'm with you. He's one of my favorite I just. Like, I just I, we, we talk about like so
4: many people are like, God, there's no defense in the NBA anymore. Like, I just want to see defense. And then somehow we get blinded to the Blazers being like, oh, I love the Blazers. They're so fun to watch. Like, you know what? The Blazers are horrible on defense. Like, Terrible they don't defensive guard team anybody and that's okay do i love watching them for sure but you again you can't play both sides of this like yeah they're fun as hell to watch because all their kids get on the water because they don't have anybody to stop anybody on defense it's just can dame and cj go off at the end i was so stoked to see carmelo uh bury that three i love him i'm gonna start doing i've always wanted to do the three Ooh. thing on the side of the head if i make a putt well no no it's gotta be for a, it's gotta be for life. a
3: three like it's gotta four, be for three. an eagle on a par five or i might just start par doing four.
4: it on my third shots every third shot i hit, i'm <laughs> I just start doing this whether it goes in or not. Um but so I love watching but yeah, I'm not like scared of the Blazers. I really do think the Lakers are going to make it to the championship. Hopefully when the only team I am super nervous about them playing is uh or not the only team, but the team I'm most nervous about them playing is, is the Raptors. They uh are defending champions and they own the Lakers this season. So a little bit nervous about that one, but um we'll see I mean, they got to make it I think they're the Raptors are gonna have a harder time making the finals uh than than obviously if they got there and then beat the Lakers like i think that them getting through Milwaukee will be very difficult um but if they do and the Lakers make it, it's gonna not be the best matchup obviously because for whatever reason Lakers just haven't been able to beat them so that's where my my but I so I would pick I would pick the Lakers to make it, and I would probably pick the bucks, but that's kind of chalky so I mean the Raptors feel like they you know, I don't know. I, I hate betting against or picking against the uh, defending champs, even if they don't have you know their their number one guy Kawhi from from last year. But that's that's where I would see Raptors Lakers, and I, I think it. You know, then I'm a little bit uh, little a little bit more nervous. nervous about that. So
3: yeah, um, you know, you were talking about doing the three thing, and uh, and I, yeah. I So I this is like a sneaky dumb Shane thing that I think about all the time. And I, <laughs> sneaky un- dumb. Unfortunately, have a lot of these in my brain that I wish I didn't. I always have found one of the most impressive athletic achievements in sport, current sport, is Steph always remembering to do the point to Jesus oh, after the I agree. three. I, I What the hell? I would forget all the time. I always have thought that. So, you know, like when you see like Melo doing the three on his head when he hits a three, I just was thinking to you, like if you were so pot committed to it that you were like Steph where you had to do it every time, it would yeah. be amazing if you like – piped one out of bounds and had to re tee. Oh. You've got to do the three. That's <laughs> exactly amazing. You're super fired up but you have got to hit your head three times like Joe's like, "Bro, you can just leave it here." You're you're, that is you're, you're outside the cut line, you're playing like shit and you're doing the three on your head, but you What, what if I
4: go one, one in the fairway, two in the water and then I drop oh, three? Oh, you missed. Here yeah, you missed three. You've got to do it before the drop. You had
3: to do the three yeah, you before, you do it before the drop. It'd be amazing. Huh?
4: <laughs> that, well, and, and Mellow went. Mellow did my two favorite celebrations in the history of of sport honestly they both happen to be big basketball things but mellow makes the three does his three on the side of his head and then goes sam cassell big balls yes. like right after i'm like that you just hit my, my the 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 two like most epic celebrations there are and you did a back-to-back like i couldn't have been Man, more vince that. carter
3: right now vince carter fans are not happy with you not throwing in vince celebration in there um i'm going Wait, which what this is this the- oh you're
4: right i'm that sorry that wasn't on all my all-time Okay, favorite. that's all right so so also when you did your arms, I like. That, I know I'm outside, just of, outside of my screen. I'm so outside I of like, cameras. I don't know. Are, not you Are you so hugging? By the way, it's a great,
3: great podcast. <laughs> great if I'm doing visuals, um, I, uh, I, I'm actually happy you decided to go Bucks. I my my championship pick is is Lakers versus the Raptors. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go Raptors back to back. I yeah, I love it. I, I don't. hate it. You know that. what? It, listen, I've learned if I've learned one thing from the New England Patriots, if I've went, learned one thing from Alabama football, it is. If you're on the fence about something, go with the best coach. Uh, I, I just feel like the Raptors have the best coach in the NBA right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it and, and just feel like they'll, uh, they'll get it figured out. But that was NBA talk. What did you think about it? Did you, did you feel comfortable? Did you like it? I liked it. I didn't feel comfortable
4: because I don't know nearly as much about that as I do golf. But uh, I, 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 I liked it. You know, I'm really excited. So, so are we going to get into flights? Because I have a yeah, segue. Yeah, we're going. Let's go. Speaking of the NBA, uh, my first flight, which is my good idea, uh, has everything to do with what I watched in the NBA this week. The Playing game which the baseball has started to adopt bas- basketball adopted this time it better not just be for the bubble like so, so good I want the play-in game forever it was a perfect system you had to beat them twice to get in or the the uh the nets had to beat the uh the blazers twice to get in like i i thought it was it was the no not the blazers memphis had to beat them twice i thought it was so cool golf needs a play-in game i have an idea uh the wednesday of Boston, for instance, this week, the first playoff event, you take 124, 125, 126, 127 on the money on the FedEx Cup list Uh, my apologies. I regret there on the FedEx Cup list uh, that ended after Wyndham and you have a foursome play Wednesday of the first playoff event, televise it, the low two scores get into the playoffs.
3: 24 and 25 get in brilliant 124 125 126
4: 127 you could even do like a one stroke difference between all three of or all, uh, all four of them so give the 124 guy a uh, one shot lead on 125 and so on uh, but do it wednesday if you get in you get in you get to go to boston play the practice round uh and then play on wednesday put it on tv it would be high 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 ratings and it's a playing game and i love it yep
3: sold i mean it's brilliant all right uh, cool jay Jay, if you're listening, I mean, how many? We, we give them too many ideas. At Max, home at 23. Hey, by the way, did you see? Uh, a couple of people sent us this on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it or not, but they said that there was a lot of focus on the Sunday broadcast. They talked about the focus on focus and really on the 125 and. Like, what are where they got these ideas from? Like, oh, uh, well, hey, how about we don't just do it one week a year? Like, come on! Like, I know we do it
4: because it's a win, but good God, the just Friday like cut show there. it a little longer. We'll have so, it, yeah, the Friday cut makes sense. But uh, uh, now you have me looking at all the people who are close uh, on fr- Friday and then seeing if they backdoor made the cut and then almost won or you know got up in the top ten. Like now, that's all I watch for on Fridays.
3: We're gonna take a quick break
4: and be right back.
2: Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com.
1: Electricity has always been synonymous with power. And in the BMW i4 M50, power is more refined than ever. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Listen carefully and you'll make out the sound of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper. Experience the rush of pure performance as BMW M-Engineered Handling takes you through every twist in turn. And elevate each moment of your drive with a suite of cutting-edge technology, including a BMW Intelligent Personal Assistant that gets smarter with every interaction. I've started guidance. And the most advanced iDrive operating system yet for the most powerful vehicle of its kind. Introducing the BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW the ultimate electric driving machine.
3: So I'm going to go, I don't have a best thing I heard this week. Do you? Uh,
4: Typically, I never
3: have a best thing. It's either Joel swearing or nothing. So (laughs) I, I have a worst thing I heard this week. Cool. Um, and and this goes back to kind of what we talked about early in the podcast. Um, so, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, kind of like uh, there's a lot of commitment to trying to to stem like online harassment and, and everything. And I, I absolutely agree with it. I, I do have a point on that. I, I do think that there's just horrible people. There have been horrible people throughout the history of the world. There were horrible people in the 1800s and 1950. And in 2020, I mean, people just suck and they're going to be mean I feel like the horrible, hateful people aren't my least favorite people on social media. It's the well, actually, it's crew are the ones that drive me yeah. the craziest. So I, I wrote on I wrote on Twitter uh, during one of the matches. It was the, it was that day was blowing like thirty. I mean, remember it was just blowing like the flags like they were they were going to yeah. blow out of the hole. And I said putting in high winds is almost impossible, and that brought out the well actually crew a lot. Of, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. You just don't know what you're doing. Um, it's pretty easy, actually. It's not even that hard. Obviously, these, Shane. these are the these are literally the best amateur golfers in the world that are going to be <laughs> PJ Tour winners in a year, year and a half, two years from now, and they're not making five footers. So I just, you know, when we make points on on any social media outlet or anything, TV, radio, podcast, otherwise, it, it's it's mostly just for fun and to get any reaction. But you don't have to tell us that it's not, it's not impossible. It's, oh, it's actually not that hard of a shot is obviously one of the things we love to go to with Phil. But the Will Actually It's group was driving me a little nuts this week. And, and I, got, I got a lot of that because I said putting and wind is really hard. Hey, Max, you're a professional golfer. You've won on the PGA Tour. Is putting and 30 mile an hour winds really easy or is it pretty hard? Well, actually, uh, it's, not, it's really hard, man. I mean, it's not, it's like, it's, it's definitely harder than with no win. Gotcha. Uh, Thank you. Yes.
4: <laughs> so I will say that, uh, I like that. Uh, I will say, speaking of the Twitter thing, I've been doing this awesome, awesome thing. If you say anything remotely, not nice to me, I just mute you. Okay. So, uh, it's been
3: great. Hey, Can you check real quick on, let's see who has more muted accounts. I want you to look at yours and I'm going to look at mine. Do you have your phone? Okay, up?
4: let me, let me, let me, this is, this is, uh, how do I, how do I find this? All right, Profile. so you got to go to your
3: Twitter, go to your app. Uh, by mean, the way, I also, hat. I've hid all my social media apps in a folder on my phone called Time Wasters, by the way. Just, Time Wasters. Like, one of my, like one of my that. things. Um, so go to your settings. This is, Tim, you're yeah. to cut some of this. Mute, oh,
4: here, muted, got it. Muted accounts, oh, I'm up to 34, so I have. Oh, no, you don't,
3: you don't have to go through them. You don't have to go through the accounts. Okay. I just wanted to know your number. What is it? 34 i I'm at two hundred so i I'm a little Holy higher than you I've hell, got, got two hundred muted accounts um so you've got some ways to pick up it's it is an unbelievable wow. alternative because they don't know you muted them and you exactly. don't have to listen to them anymore so uh,
4: I have one right now just as I opened it somebody uh, is responding to somebody that I don't have on this anymore um and uh so I don't even know what they're talking about, but it's awesome. perfect um, there. but yeah so so uh but speaking of twitter i uh besides these muting accounts i uh, so two people I follow, I'm not going to say any names, but two people I follow that they know each other uh, are complete polar opposites in politics. And they're both pretty outspoken about it. OK. And uh, they really get into it, with people. And I can't stand reading it because they're it's just, you know, mean to them and then people and then they're mean back. It's just ridiculous. I can't. It's it's really annoying to read. But whatever uh, they you know, quote unquote, got into it on Twitter. I saw a few days ago uh, about their, you know, one posted something. The other one said, no, that's not whatever. But it was a very cordial Twitter argument. Nice. It was very. Yes. Well, the re you know how the reason was, Shane, because they know each other and they're going to have to see each other again. Like this is the whole thing. Like you're never going to be that mean to somebody that you're going to see again. That's why Twitter is such an ugly place. That's why people are so free to say, Max, you suck at golf. It's like, yeah, if we were playing together right now, you would not say that because you would be a cordial person like most people are. But this, this you know, you know the keyboard warrior thing applies to so many people. If it's a kind of a blank face uh, or, or a faceless person, it's like, yeah, I'm going to rip into this person. I'm never going to see this person again. They don't know where I live. They don't know who I am. Like, th- we're never going to have to, you know, come into contact ever again. So it's, like, easy to rip on them. Where this, I was kind of laughing. I'm like, yeah, you guys aren't typically this nice. But, oh, yeah, no, I get your point. I get your point. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But, like, my point is this, like, yeah, you typically just say, hey, you guys are idiots. Why do you think this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like so It was funny to see just it all kind of play out like that so that maybe that was uh the best thing i heard my worst thing i heard was just typically the lack of fans at windham but we could change it for literally anything i read on twitter that starts with well actually. okay
3: perfect we're, we're um, i've changed uh, one of our flights to the mark hubbard award for best shot you saw this yeah best, it's <laughs> now officially the hubbard award uh, the he, fair? and by the way uh, i i was i was all fired up during the during the windham they you know okay you know that all the networks do that little eye box where the commercial's running, and then they have the golf on the oh, side. Oh yeah, they're playing through. So I, I do have a request for networks. When the shot's epic, I need a replay on go the, back on the full screen. Yeah, go back to it. Good god. So, okay, so obviously we've been having a great time with Mark Hubbard lately because you had him as your best shot you saw a week, and then of course Joel, not knowing that you'd thrown him in there the week before, had it as his best shot he saw last week. Um, So now it's just called that. that's the category now. So that's whatever. So they're going to Hubbard on Sunday and they go to the ion box and he's about to hit driver off the deck on a par five with water, right? I mean, obviously a righty with driver off the deck. Miss is going to be right. I'm like, dude, this is going to be awesome. He hits it (laughs) to like 25, 30 feet. You know, it's just unbelievable golf shot. And I wanted to replay because I didn't know the number. They didn't have it on the graphic. I I wanted to know how far. And uh, and I just you know I, I just wanted a little bit more information on it because we don't get a lot to see a lot of pros that driver off the deck so that wasn't the shot if he'd have hold it probably the shot my Mark Hubbard Award this week goes to my friend Nick Woodruff who careered it the other day yes he careers it I mean plays unreal he probably had five shots I can include in the category but I've just got to include so. It was myself, my buddy Andrew, my buddy Nick, and Paige Sprannik, who has a podcast on a Heart Radio Network, and she's a friend of ours. You should listen to her podcast. Uh, and I was playing with Nick and Paige. Playing around. Playing around with Paige Sprannik, with Paige Renee. So Paige, and I, Paige is Andrew's partner. I'm with Woody. Woody's playing out of his mind. He's getting 21 or 22 shots. He's making. He made a birdie on 16. <laughs> it's just It's just a bloodbath. You've played Phoenix Country Club. I mean, you know the golf course. Yep. He is basically on 18 tee box. With a second shot on the 17th hole. So there are okay. bunkers left to the green. The green slopes away from you if you're left. And there's water on the right side. So you're screwed. I mean, you've got nothing. This is a... Not to mention you're on the 18 tee box. So you clearly aren't
4: very... Good yeah, I mean, you, are, you are 30 <laughs> you're, yard, 60 yeah, yards you're 30 yards. 30 or 40 off-line. yards left of the
3: green. So this is the golf shot that if you had this golf shot, Max, I would say you probably have a one in five chance of getting it inside 25 feet. You know, I mean, okay. that's, a, that would be a really good golf shot. If you hit it, Paige is in the bunker. Woody hits it to like 20 feet. I mean, it's this unbelievable <laughs> golf shot flop shot. You know, he doesn't even know what a flop shot is. He's throwing it way up in the air with spin hits it. Whatever. We've got a few presses going Paige makes her bunker shot Gosh. makes it. I told her, I go, I'm going to have to start promoting your YouTube videos of bunker shots. because yeah, yeah, yeah. She hit a, Fairway bunker shot on, on 16 that was unbelievable and then makes this bunker shot on 17. Woody rolls it in, up and down, makes now, par. Four for three for the half. How piss was Paige. Oh, my God. Just her <laughs> face was, it was 120 degrees. We were hot. There was no wind. Just dejected look on her face. She walked off. Yeah. She's like, she doesn't really curse much. She's not really a big cursor on the golf course. Maybe an <laughs> F-bomb came out of her mouth as she was walking off the green. But it was just one <laughs> of those moments like you saw it in Woody's face that he knew he'd done something that he might not do for a long, long time was that up and down. So that was my best shot. That was my Mark Hubbard Award shot of the week. That's awesome. I like that. Um,
4: speaking of the of the Mark Mark Hubbard part of this Mark Hubbard Award, uh, to your point about the playing through eye on camera thing, do the commentators not know that we can't hear them, that we can only see it in this tiny box? Like, why do they never re- refer back to the shot?
3: Like, why? At Fox, we had that, but we I don't, I think it's because all of our amateur events didn't have commercials. So maybe we just didn't go to it as much as I as I remember, you know, the other networks going to it because obviously they have commercials all the time. So they're showing yeah. a commercial and showing the golf. But I don't know the answer to that. I, I do I mean they didn't even like refer and this isn't just one thing. Like someone will make a putt. And then it'll there's be no like, reference to it.
4: Yeah. It's like, okay. Was that for par? Was that for birdie? Like, I have no idea. And that, that Mark Hover shot was especially fun just for me because Mark is, he's the top two best uh, drivers off the deck uh, in the world right now. I think him and Ricky, him and no, him and Mark Leishman, okay. Mark Leishman, Ricky's is really a good joke. Ricky's good, but Mark does it almost every round. <laughs> he'll throw a ball on the ground because uh, he doesn't like hitting three wood. And when a hole is very, very straight, like, so it has very little curve. He feels uncomfortable. So he'll just put it on the deck. He has great stories about this. He has one with his wife that I love where, uh, hopefully we'll have Mark on one day and he can tell the story, but he was T you know, he, his wife used to caddy for him here and there. He dropped the ball on the tee as he normally does. There's like a 240 carry over this marsh but it's one of those is it by the way this is two marks. Mars. is this
3: hubbard or leishman
4: i'm sorry hu- hu- i'm okay. sorry oh maybe you need to be a mark to be great off the t- uh <laughs> driver off the deck didn't even think about that. yeah so hub sorry uh you know it's, he has like a 230 240 cover throws the ball on the on the deck like he all and he does this all the time that's why i bring this up so when he was hitting the shot at windham i was like this is going to be great because you think oh this is a hard shot like he does this all okay. the time like multiple times around on certain courses so uh but yeah so he throws it off off the deck in savannah i think uh in the web event and uh he hits it and he said he thought he hit it really good and the ball barely covers the 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 marsh so it only flew like 231 and he said that he felt like he made a good pass at it it, whatever they're walking off the team meg and his wife who's counting for him goes hey i didn't know what i was supposed to say but when you were behind the ball the ball kind of rolled back into a little hole and i didn't know if i wanted i didn't want to mess you up and he goes yes you need to tell me that like <laughs> that ball made it over the marsh by like a foot and she goes oh i just didn't want to mess you up and he's like that is exactly the same kind of stuff i need up, to know <laughs> so uh but so yeah so when he pulls out driver and i see him in this plane through it uh, even at you know i don't have a very big tv it's this small little box i'm like oh my god this is gonna be so sick it's yeah 20 feet 25 feet uh and then yeah it just was like he never happened we never heard a distance uh it sucked my mark hubbard shot of the week however i, I have two um, because the one thing I wanted to really bring up on last week's podcast that, that, you know, I knew that Joel would do a better job than I could at the PJ cause he played all the rounds and he almost, you know, he was in contention and he had the lead at one point, like so much cooler to hear his experience of the major than mine, who obviously missed the cut, but I did have one really cool moment. The best shot I saw someone hit that week, which ended up being tied with Mark or uh, beaten by Mark as you know, hence why this award is named after the man. Um, but I played with Rory McElroy on uh, a practice round on Wednesday and we just played the back and on the 11th hole, he made a hole in one. And it was amazing because I looked back at him and I was dying laughing because he was so mad. He's like, why can't I save that for like one day, uh, you know, in the future. Um, and also him and Harry, his caddy had a little like wager going on that if, if Rory shot under par on that back nine in the practice round, he like won dinner or whatever. Cause Rory needs like a free meal and Rory had started birdie. <laughs> eagle and it was three under through two on a very hard golf course and harry was like cool I'm, like sick <laughs> so that was that was mine from last week this week it was probably Strafacci's um uh shot in the 18th oh. hole because you know most most of my fit, best shots i've ever hit most of them have not come on the 18th hole or in the in the heat of the moment but i i refer to those the most as my favorites because as all of us when the heat is on when the pressure's high that's that's the kind of stuff that makes you so excited. That's the kind of stuff that you feel like builds character. That's the stuff that you harken back to. Um, you know, the greats in the, uh, of the game. Most of Tiger's shots we remember are on the last hole, last couple holes. So Stafogiannis probably hit a better shot that week, but under the gun oh. in that moment, thirty-six holes worth of, of of grinding and just amazing golf, and he gets up and 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 hits an amazing shot right when he he
3: did to. that. He did the drive, which again. That drive is a little tighter than it maybe looks because there's a little pot bunker out there that if you beat it into it you're dead. Is it darker than the cameras it's, make, it's it make it than seem here? It was fog, narrower than the camera's play. But he so he he lost like a sleeve of balls on 17. You know, I mean, he made a million, <laughs> million and then gets up on 18 and pipes one and hits that 4 iron that was one of the better iron shots you'll ever so see pretty. to close it out. I mean, it was like it did it did feel very dusty at Oakmont, you know, where it's like you have to pull the shot off. It's a ride at it. It was beautiful. It um, was nails. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to today? Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah! I won! woo So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High 5 Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes. Free daily rewards. Over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the
3: apple pie?
0: Woo! I won again!
3: I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you
0: had your High 5 moment today? Only at high 5 High 5 Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary.
2: Void. we prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website
0: for details.
1: High 5 Casino.
2: This Father's Day. Shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help Dad be
1: Electricity has always been synonymous with power. And in the BMW i4 M50, power is more refined than ever. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Listen carefully and you'll make out the sound of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper. Experience the rush of pure performance as BMW M-engineered handling takes you through every twist in turn. And elevate each moment of your drive with a suite of cutting-edge technology, including a BMW intelligent personal assistant that gets smarter with every interaction. I've started guidance. And the most advanced iDrive operating system yet for the most powerful vehicle of its kind. Introducing the BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine.
3: We haven't touched on this and we're running long. So, just quickly, uh, FedEx Cup playoffs start this week. Yeah. Are you excited? I'm pumped. Um, you had a week off?
4: Had a week off. Got a lot of rest, which was cool. Um, I have only played the front nine in Boston. I happened to be there for my uh, last US amateur. Um, it was in the Boston area. So, I went to TBC one day and practice. Got to play fuels. I like it. Looked pretty cool. Haven't obviously seen it in years, and don't know a ton about it uh, from from you know experience. Only seen it on TV. Uh, but playoffs are fun, man. It's exciting. It's a little bit of a different year, but it still feels like that same hype. Uh, you know, my goal uh, obviously is to to win and play best I can. Um, but. Uh, I need to play well to get into that top 30 and get to Eastlake, which uh, would be my first time there. So that's what I've been thinking about, you know, most of the year. Obviously got cut short a little bit, but uh, game uh, should be in a good spot. Um, you know, I, I feel like with the PGA as poorly as I played, I feel like I learned uh, I had a, a big. Breakthrough, uh, with the putting yet again, I feel like that stuff is just the putting has just only gotten better, which is really exciting. The stuff I'm doing with, with my putting guide, Derek has been awesome. Uh, it's been an exciting, um, progression to watch because i feel like i am getting it really fast and we just find these little things here and there that just make it great i put it amazing at pga uh, my short game was great at pga and it was just my my ball striking all of a sudden stinks for the last two weeks but i again i think that's the best time to have a week off uh, after that so i'm excited about that but the playoffs are are fun i i know people make fun of the fedex cup all the time but it is really exciting because now we're going to get week in a week out cutoffs for you know the seven this past week when and we had the 125 about to have the 70 cutoff then we're gonna have the 30 cutoff like it is a race the points are elevated um i i this is the stuff we play for It, it, it you know jacks us all up to do this so um i'm stoked uh you know Golf, golf playoffs aren't the same quite uh, like, you know, NBA playoffs, but it's still fun. You know, it makes you, it makes you, uh, it feels like an elevated event. And since no events have had fans, the elevation comes from what you put in and the field, in your right? Mind. So yeah, the major, the field, if it's a major, if it's what the field's like and what the stakes are and these, this will be the best field and the highest stakes, uh, you know, just like a major. So it'll be really exciting.
3: Yeah. The, so, you know, one thing, I mean, to, to your point about people harping on the, the FedEx Cup playoffs is you know the the one thing i think the pj tour needs deserves credit for when it comes to the fedex cup playoffs in particular is the money has made it to where you guys care as much about the fedex cup playoffs the finale tour championship winning it i feel like players care as much about that as they do about a major now which is all they really wanted i mean they, they wanted the interest uh, in, in inside the ropes to be at a level where you could feel i mean i i felt like kepka last year I don't want to say he choked because I don't like to use that term. But, you know, I mean, there is so much at stake in terms of your financial. I mean, the guy's set for life, but you are even more set for life and another generation if you win a FedEx Cup, right? I mean, it is a ton of money. I mean, and it's not just the money. It's bonuses from your sponsors. It is bonuses from finishing a certain point. I mean, there's more than just the money. You see the check handed out from the PGA Tour for the players. So I just, I feel like, the, the, there is stress in these FedEx Cup playoffs that you only other you only see at major championships. Do you feel like that's fair? Totally. Um, I think one of the, one of the things that gets har-
4: harped on again about the tour, especially with this, and I mean, and the players, especially with this. Uh, FedEx Cup thing is, oh, it's so much money they you know, and they don't even care about money. They just care about majors. Like, I I think that the most players say, that's why I think Joel's a breath, breath of fresh air. They say, I don't really care about the money because we're conditioned to say that that's not what drives us. It's the wins and it's the championships. There's only a handful of people that win tons of championships and tons of majors. Like, that doesn't happen. Even if you look at Jordan Spieth has won three majors like that, and that's a ton of majors for someone his age. So, like, Everybody is motivated by money. Like, I don't care even... I mean, maybe we're taking out someone like Tiger and Phil because they have so much of it. But even then, I bet you they're motivated by money. Tiger still, you know, will do things for a a price like he there's still money still matters to to even him so and, and it would matter to everyone that listens to this uh, and you know if, but if you played for 20 dollars instead of 15 you would be a little bit more nervous like and more excited to play if you know if we had one you know one day match and we up the stakes it would make it bigger so these fedex playoffs make that feel bigger and my point about this all isn't that you know it's unfair to harp it's just that uh if you want to see exciting golf. And you want to see Rory McIlroy try his hardest and see tons of emotions like when emotion when he won the FedEx Cup, like the first time like, it was like super exciting. He was as as outwardly, uh, you know, emotional as I've seen him with with a roar. Well, the reason he got that way is because, yeah, sure. He won the FedEx Cup. I'm sure he didn't care about the money that much. But it, the reason he really wanted to win was because of the you know, the, the money makes the FedEx cup feel it's like it's a major. It. So that it's of course, bigger, yeah, it's the right? magnitude it's, it's, of it. So whether he recognizes that recognize that or not, it doesn't matter. You get to watch the most exciting golf and you get to watch it because you get the top guys as excited as ever to try to win something. So you can't, again, you can't do it both ways. You can't make fun of how much money it is and they don't really care. And then also be like, you know, you know, but it's exciting to watch because it, why is it exciting watches because exciting watch because of that because you you know the east lake especially sunday you see a lot of things go on and a lot of things change and you see the players show that kind of uh they have a reaction to it and that stuff is all all of us want to see when we watch uh golf we want to be entertained because it looks like the players really care and the players do care now is it because the finance part of it is the main motivation probably but does that really freaking matter to you like you get to still watch the most exciting thing that's how i see it at least and it's really cool um and it's cool for someone like me to have an opportunity you know i get i get bonuses in my contracts which stage i make it to in the playoffs Uh, i get you know we get retirement money typically from FedEx uh for for making it even just to the playoffs, but it has whatever number you finish on that FedEx Cup at the end of the uh at the end of the year, like that's your number you would make typically. Like that's the stuff that that I obviously want to win and get to the to East Lake uh and, and all that. But a uh, big reason I want to make to East Lake is I get to Kapalua and I get to play that tournament, which again is no cut. And I get that's gonna help my world ranking and I get to get in all, you know, most of the majors. Like that's the stuff that all this all the the, the motivation. And that's why I love the playoffs. And that's why the PJ Tour does deserve credit because they've made a part of the season that typically became quite boring after the majors, although this year we have the majors after them. But you know, it's usually boring where it's not anymore. I last year playing the playoffs was as exciting as as as, as a tournament tournament run I've ever had. It was just really cool to to be around and and to know how elevated it all was. So yeah, I'm stoked for the playoffs. I hope, I hope the fans, you know like love it as much as, as we do. But I mean, I'm trying to look at it as unbiased as I can. When I watch on, uh, TV when I wasn't in the playoffs, I thought it was exciting. I thought it was cool. You know, you guys know how much I like keeping up with the Friday cut. This was like a, you know, weekly cut thing. You have a Friday cut where some people are going to automatically get bounced from the chance to move on. And then you're going to have a Sunday cut where you're going to see people either come in or come out of that top 70 of that top 30. I think that is so fun to watch um, regardless of who ends up winning. I hope that the coverage focuses mostly on that and maybe not so much on who wins, Um, you know, or obviously you have to focus on both, but I do think that those cuts uh, are are so cool to watch the the line because that is the the exciting part of the uh of each week for the playoffs but i don't know um i i i, I really enjoy it uh and and i hope everyone does too because it is exciting and we do care i the pj tour players care about you know where they finish on that fedex Cup list i promise you that as much as some people may play a joe cool and say oh what are, you know i just only care about majors like that i promise you that's not true because rory said it last year. Uh, I played with him at, at the Northern Trust and someone said, Rory, take home that ten million. And I remember he slipped out something about like, Yeah, money doesn't like that's not my motivating thing. And then he ends up winning the uh the FedEx Cup and he talked about how he regretted saying that uh in a previous interview because it really maybe the money didn't, but him winning that thing meant a lot to him. He was stoked about that. And that's Rory, that's our highest guy. Yeah, he wants the, he
3: wants another one of those Coca-Cola uh cooler things you get. Yeah, <laughs> those exactly. things look sweet. The uh I, what I what I like about it is I think there is a storyline for every day, kind of what you and I have talked about a lot on exactly. the podcast, yeah, yeah, which yeah, it's, yeah. is very true. Every day, every tournament, there's a storyline. And I think it gives everybody a chance to kind of punctuate a solid season, a good season, a great season, all of those. And on top of it, outside of you know Rory or Justin Thomas or Spieth winning the or Tiger winning the FedEx Cup, occasionally you have a Billy Horschel or a Bill Haas or somebody like that who – is listen they're financially set they're not struggling for money but this changes their life now the fedex cup winning changes their life going forward for the rest of it because it is a hell of a lot of money and it hey that that money sits and you know it, it, it accumulates and it's a great thing for people like that so for you every week is a good thing and a chance to change maybe a year from a b plus to an a minus Or an A minus to an A plus, or whatever. So, I mean, I only have one goal each year is to make the. I don't do goals, but my
4: goal every year is make Eastlake. I don't care how. I don't care if I'm number one in the world at one point. My goal will be to make Eastlake because I think it is the absolute definition of a good year you had a good year or a great year that's a great year you finished top 30 on the pj tour in a whole season that is consistent year-long um success and i think that that is that is a big deal so and i think that that would be for almost just about everybody that plays this game making the East lake is okay what's up scotty i know i get it too scotty i'm trying i'm trying to make the east lake i know you <laughs> want the better dog food i'm working on it but that it's a big deal it's
3: it's it's huge uh, last thing and we'll go um, I had to uh, withdraw from a golf tournament this past oh, week yeah. <laughs> uh, because um, rarity uh, being a dad is the reason. That's, a, that's a the dad. official reason I was on. I was in the first fairway, the first round. I am, so You hit the fairway, hit the fairway, hit. God, hit, you were going to shoot 59. Uh, no, right. Hey, by the way, right in the middle, right in the middle, right of in the the middle. Fairway, Um, the fairway, playing Greyhawk, playing in a, in a stroke play event here in Arizona. And I had my push cart, obviously, and I am walking down there and I made the mistake. I played the Arizona open a few weeks ago and I was on my phone at the turn. I wasn't playing very well, but we had a huge weight at the turn, pulled my phone out and it was a bad move because there was a lot of like real life shit on there and I shouldn't have pulled the phone out. So I'm going to turn my phone off, walk into the first fairway uh... and I have the Cindy text. It's like, Hey, call me. It's an emergency. My son was really sick. She has to work on, on Thursdays in the office. She came miss work. So I literally max, I'm walking on the fairway. I'm like, I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm on, I call her and she's like, you know, Henry's throwing up and he's, he's scream crying. And we can't take him to, to any daycare or anything like that. Did you tell him you were on 59 watch? I was, well, I, mean, I, I, was on, I was on 59 watch <laughs> after leaving Starbucks, but yeah, I mean, I was like, I was feeling it. And, uh, I just walked up and pick up my ball and I looked at the guys. And I was like, Hey guys, I got to go. My, my son's sick. Uh... And they're both just kind of like confused. One of them you could tell was younger Maybe he doesn't have kids. The older guy I could tell probably had a little bit better understanding about it. But I mean, I couldn't imagine what it must feel like. If you see some dude on the first hole of a first day of a four day tournament, hit the fairway and grab his ball and walk up. They must've been like, what in the hell is going on? But uh that was i'm just not
4: feeling it today guys i hit the
3: fairway i'm not supposed to hit this first you know i was i was really excited i was fired up i hadn't played Greyhawk in a while and uh and yeah so that was my
4: i hope i hope in the future henry's like dad uh why why'd you ground me i don't i want to go out tonight and you're like you're like you know i would let you i know this is kind of a gray area rule that we have in this in the bacon household um you ate turkey bacon not real bacon that's against our morals but this was a gray area i would let you go out tonight. However, this one time—remember 2020? You, JD, you don't remember, yeah, but you remember 2020, <laughs> the year that sucked for everybody. Um, yeah, well, I hit the first fairway, and everyone thought I was going to win, and I had to leave because you couldn't—you couldn't suck it up. Look at you—you're healthy right now. Yeah. like you—you you,
3: you, you would have been fine. Double ear infection and projectile vomiting. You big old wimp. Your 14 <laughs> yeah, yeah, month you 14-month-old wimp. wimp. Get it together. Um, Get so anyway, it together. That was that's uh, that that is the sideshow that is amateur golf in real life when you have to leave because your kid's sick. I don't think Shrefossi's walking off 18 at the amateur because, because, because his sister's not feeling hundred percent, but uh, exactly, that's yeah, the difference. It's a different. Um, hey, play well, have some fun this week. Uh, excited to watch. Uh, and we'll, uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm just expecting great things. By the way, I've played the golf course. If you need some help, I'll send it out. On okay. Twitter. I'll, I'll, I'll send I'll some text stuff you. on Twitter for sure. Yeah, my uh, people will call your people. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening. I know this is a little longer. That's just part of life, man. You're just gonna have to enjoy it. Gabe, if it's too long for you, speed up the podcast speed. 1.5, yeah, One point five. You can do 5. that. We'll sound like crazy people. Uh Max, enjoyed it. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Everybody, wash your hands. Talk to you guys next week. Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! put down your phone this is the army sort high five casino is a social casino it's on your phone goes wherever you go i win free spins cash prizes free down rewards over 1200 games i want again platoon present cell phone high five high five casino Casino. win at high five casino high five casino is a social casino no purchase necessary void were prohibited play responsibly Conditions apply. see website for details
1: high five casino
0: Watch sensational Grand Slam action on Tennis Channel as top stars clash at Roland Garros in Paris. Catch all the excitement. What a shot. Come on now. With Tennis Channel's comprehensive coverage as we bring you live matches and nightly encores, plus match previews. That is awesome. Don't miss one of the greatest events in all of sports, Roland Garros, the French Open. Daily live coverage on Tennis Channel, now through June 9th.